Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Kohler Smart Toilets introduce a new standard of design and cleanliness, sculptural forms, intuitive technology, and total personalization with integrated warm water cleansing, heated seats, and warm air dryers. For peace of mind and convenience, there are touchless lids, seats, flush, and a self-sanitizing bidet wand. Now you can even use voice commands with Numi 2.0, featuring built-in Amazon Alexa. Explore the complete lineup at Kohler.com slash smart toilets and discover what you've been missing. words Atlanta sports fans are all too used to hearing. Until now. No more negative expectations. No more playing the victim. No more fair weather freeloaders. No more. 38-yard field goal by Morton Anderson. The hold, the kick, it's on the way, it's up and it's going. The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. From the Mesmerized Studio in Woodstock, Georgia, Believe Entertainment proudly presents Believe in Atlanta Sports with your hosts, Robert Tate and the Commissioner, Mark Rich. Hello, Atlanta sports fans. How the heck are you? Happy whatever time of day it might be that you're listening to this show because it is digital. We're on all the time. So it could be 1 a.m. It could be 7 a.m. I don't know. So whatever time it is, I hope you're doing okay. And man, we uh, we are showing our age a little bit today because you can't, again, obviously you can't see it, but there's stuff going on. We, we are another step closer to going live, live shows where fans can actually interact with us. And that, man, I, it's either going to be a good thing or a bad, well, it's going to be a good thing, but it's going to be awesome. It's also could get really weird. Uh, cause you get us raw unfiltered, not that you don't now, but there is some production involved at, you know, after we do this thing. But anyway, I digress. So we've got this uh, cool switch that we're going to have where we can control our own camera angles and, you know, uh, shows will get out faster. And, man, there's all kind of cool graphics from this uh, streaming platform. Man, all at once, we're going to be able to be on Twitter, Facebook, you name it, anything, YouTube, uh, uh, the one where the kids play the video games, Twitch, Twitch, which – it's not just video games. There's a lot of different things going on on Twitch, but like it's like 30 something platforms we could all potentially sign up for and just you get a heavy dose of me and the commissioner. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad streaming thing. live. Yeah. So I was having trouble with the camera. One of the cameras over here this morning. 
Mark's complaining uh, about uh, and now he is a dad, so this kind of goes along. But he's complaining how his chair's never the same way twice when he gets here. And man, we, yeah, you know, we had a we had an episode of Grumpier Old Men this morning. <laughs> yeah, he's he's complaining about his chair. I'm screaming at the camera because I can't figure out how to get it to work. So I call our buddy Jared Adams uh, at Mesmerize Media, who uh, you know they so graciously let us use their facilities and. Uh, come in and do this thing, and they, they help promote us, and we love them for it. They, they're helping us uh, chase the dream of Atlanta sports domination. I said the other day uh, on Facebook, we, we we wanted our slice of the Atlanta sports talk pie, and we like pie, so it's got to be a big piece. So this is going to be a big piece to that pie. Uh, it's gonna, the show's going to look much better. If you look behind me, we got some cool stuff, uh, some cool sound panels, and I got this, uh, we talked about it before. I got this great Stetson Bennett canvas. So you're going to see behind Mark. I got a Tom Glavin jersey that's awesome. I just don't know where I'm going to put it. But uh, we're going to jazz this place up. Yeah, man. And the morning started weird. I'm having, you know, I'm having a bad beard day, too. It's kind of fuzzy and wild. And you, you probably won't notice it on camera, but I c- couldn't tame the beast this morning. And unfortunately, I, I have to have a do beard. Do you have a good beard oil? I do, man. It's from a. Uh, I want to say from Paul Mitchell or something, but I mean, I have a, a heated beard comb and everything, but I don't have the option of not having one. I was told by my girlfriend when we first met and started dating Miss Valerie Miller that I, in fact, had to have a beard because goatees were stupid. And okay. the, now, are goatees still, or were they ever cool or, or not? I don't know. Uh, sometimes now when I go look back at my goatee pictures, I'm like, yeah, that was... It was really bad. I occasionally wear a goatee, it, but it if my laziness factors into that, it's if I'm trimming the beard and go a little too far, don't have time to shave everything all the way off, I just clean around and leave it there until I finally decide that I hate it and it all comes off. But maybe next time that happens, it'll just go straight strider stash. You know, uh, you read my mind. We're starting to jive more and more as we do this show because I was going to call you out on that today because the last show I said, what, are we doing the Strider thing for postseason? And you still have the the, the beard coming in. So here's and the, what's up here's the problem. If you want our viewers to go this way and not this way, I have to <laughs> wait till this gets a little fuller before I shave down to just the mustache. And I'll, I'll, hey, I'd like to be able to drive through school zones. Maybe uh, <laughs> you're right. Uh, maybe our fans uh, like watching paint dry or grass grow, and they want to watch different shows and see how the stash progresses. Uh, if I, you if you hit us up on Twitter or any of our platforms and tell me to shave for um, just do a mustache, I'll do it. Postseason, man. Uh, I was thinking of shaving my beard at some point, maybe this winter or as it gets into the fall, uh, simply because to test the. The market? Well, no, I'm just single. Simp- yeah, I mean, you know, uh, simply because I've had this same facial hair for years now. Like my dad would do it every once in a while. He's like, man, I gotta get, I gotta get a fresh crop of whiskers going. He's like, these are, he's got some age on them. Plus, it's just for something to do. I'm, I don't know, I don't know what that says about me. Like, is my life so boring that shaving is fun? But no, but it, it honestly, you, it takes a minute for you to like get used to how you look, but like also it feels incredible yeah and i forget you know it's like sometimes it's like what do i look like without a beard like you can go back and look at pictures but it, it would just be fun to do just I guess. having a having an old day feeling old yeah. one day just shave it off and see what happens you know and again i, I don't necessarily uh believe this i know when i look in the mirror I, I don't look i don't feel like i look my age i feel like i'm aging pretty well 
but I get mid twenties a lot. Last night, one of my coworkers, I was talking to her and she's like, how old are you? She's like, what? 26. And I was like, yeah, sure. one time. Yeah. I don't think I look that great, you know, but I, I do sometimes, you know, people, they're surprised when I tell them my age and I'm like, I'm Dick Clark, baby. The age is wonder, man. I'm, I'm doing it right. But I do practice some skincare and anyway, let's not get into that weird rabbit hole. But because we were talking about Spencer Strider and his mustache, let's, let's talk about Spencer Strider. He, uh, did something pretty cool. I mean, he's, his whole season's pretty cool, but this one is, uh, even more astonishing and i'd have to say now he's the favorite for rookie of the year now Man. some people say michael harris will get it because he plays every day but i think strider if you compare the two they've both done great but i think striders has done some stuff michael none of nine michael harris's accomplishments have gotten jersey sent to cooperstown and striders i think probably has two now but it doesn't honestly it doesn't matter uh, I think an Atlanta Brave, one way or the other, is going to get it. And that's awesome that you have two people vying for it. Um, it it's hard to go either way. They Word on the street is Michael Harris would be the front runner. Um, but, uh, man, it could go either way, man. So, you know, Strider had the jersey sent off to Cooperstown with the 16 strikeout game. I don't know if something I would assume went to Cooperstown with this one. Uh, or maybe at the end of the season, but he became, first of all, he broke Randy Johnson. I think we already talked about that oh, yeah. prior. So broke Randy Johnson's record, fastest 200 Ks. But now Spencer Strider is the only pitcher in the history of Major League Baseball. No one's ever done it before with 200-plus strikeouts. I think right now he's sitting at 202 and fewer than 100 hits allowed in the season. And with 14 games left, you're thinking – one, maybe two more starts. He's only given up 86 hits, so he's going to finish the season probably under 100 hits. Now, that being said, uh, and plus I think they're probably going to you know, like limit his innings because he is starting to uh, experience some soreness, and I think probably, too, uh, it's pretty safe to say this is the most he's ever pitched in his entire baseball career. Sure. Not that he's not a young stud, I mean. But, but it still takes him getting used to. That's yeah, a, he's a fireballer. Know. It's not like he's just out there so, throwing Greg Maddox magic. But, and, and again, I, I, I said this many episodes ago now, but you, you wonder, because the Braves are now in the playoffs, now because they are competitors, because they want to win, you know, do, do you sort of go, you know what, guys, we're in the playoffs. The main, The ultimate goal is the World Series championship. How important is it to maintain the streak of division championships? And do they start to rest guys and go, you know what? If we win it, great. But if the Mets take it, fine. Again, because they are competitors, who we, knows? We talked about this when we were a lot further out and just talked about logistics of if if it meant keeping people healthy. Yeah. Then what do you do rather than, but like, there's no, there's no way they're not going to try to win every game regardless. But I, I hear what you're saying as far as keeping, like whether whether it means keeping Spencer in an extra inning in a game that he starts to try to get that win or bringing him out to make sure that he's healthy for the game, I'm sure that's going to factor into a lot of like the minutia and the de- decision-making uh, for the rest of the season. But I also think that, you know, I, I, hell, 
putting Kenley Jansen in the ninth inning is a, a roll of the dice. You know what I mean? So you're trying to get him ready, but that's a that's a questionable decision at this point. I mean, he almost gave it away the other night. But um, he didn't. He did not. No, no, no. I, but I'm just saying, like, putting him in to try to get him and his stuff worked out it is the same costly decision. You know what I'm saying? If you choose to rest him or if you're choosing to play Kenley – uh, right now, you're you're risking wins or losses getting ready for the postseason, correct? It, yeah, but it's weird, man. Here's the thing about Kenley Jansen, and I you, you saw it on Twitter, I'm sure, because we both have access to the account, but he's second in the National League in saves. He's third in all of baseball in saves, but the Braves, here's another one. They're, they're number one or number two in all of baseball this year in blown saves, so it's it's strange to have a guy who's up there in the, amongst the elite closers and still lead the league in blown saves, but he hasn't got every save opportunity. We all know that. Well, and he he hasn't been he hasn't been this way all season. You know what I'm saying? Like there's some some questionable times early on in the season, but like it's more uh, it's a it's a reoccurring thing now towards the end of the season, and and he's vocal about it. He knows that there's something going on. That he's vocal about like, there being something messed up with his delivery. So, I, I, I feel like also, it's like you have the most missed shots if you take the most shots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's one of those things. Those stats that go hand in hand. If you're in there competing for the save more often than not, then you're probably going to have more blown saves than others because that's just what it is. That's just numbers, but uh, I don't know. Very true. Well, you know, um, my prognostication, I think, is going to come true where we're headed on this collision course with the Mets at the end of the month. There's 14 games left. Uh, If the Braves go 7-7 and in those 14 games, they win 100 games. I think the Braves are going to break. That's crazy, too, man. Uh, I I don't know because I didn't take the time to look it up, but when was the last time – the major major leagues had multiple hundred game wins by franchises. The Dodgers are well over a hundred games already. I think if they're not, they're very rapidly approaching it. Looks like the Mets could probably win a hundred. The Braves, I think the Braves are going to go better than five hundred to finish out the season, so they'll have over a hundred games. I, that's pretty pretty wild to think. I, where, where are the Astros at? You know they got to be up there too. So uh, that would be maybe uh, I can. Maybe I can carry the show for a bit while you uh, do some research, but I can multitask like a mother. Um, I said too that those, you know, that we squared off in that three-game series, but then there were garbage time games after that. Those games now, uh, I'm going to retract my statement and say I'm sorry I said that because those the the Nationals and the Marlins both have the opportunity to to play spoiler for either the Mets or the Braves. We have the Marlins after that series, and then the Mets have the the Nats, the Nottinals. And the Nationals gave him a bit of trouble earlier and uh, beat him a couple games. Uh, seven to one, I think, was the score of both those games. So the Nationals, uh, we need to be Nationals fans right now. Put your Nationals hats on, guys, because they could really help us. It's De- a lot easier without Bryce Harper there. Depending on how that season goes. And here's my question, too. I, what if what if we finish knotted up? Would there be a one-game would we go to New York, or would they come down here for one game to decide it? Like, it, is it possible? Is there not like a? Is would there not be a tiebreaker? Do we play an even or odd amount of games? Yeah, to make sure that okay. there's a tiebreaker. I don't know. That's uh, I I'm, I don't know the answer to that. Either. I'm killing time while you do some research. I'm pontificating. I got you right, I got you right here, though. Okay. Um, we are sitting at 93 wins. Mets at 95 wins. Both of us 
both of us could get there. Um, Dodgers already at 103. Oh, yeah. Uh, Astros at 99, so they're going to get it. Um, Yankees at 90. Um, Could be a tall order for them. Yep. No, I was just going to say, like, that that one you're probably a little iffy about more than they'd the— have, They'd have to get hot. Well, he Aaron Judge would have to double up his home yeah. run production to help them out. But, um, yeah, so you're— it, you can almost guarantee the Astros, who are sitting at 99, are going to get it. The Dodgers already have it. And then you have um, Mets, Braves. I think that's it. And then uh, possibly, if if everything, if the moons align, the Yankees as well, you could have five. But and, So when was the last, we'll just go ahead and say, when was the last time there were four 100-win teams in a season, let alone two in the same division? That's pretty... I, I'd have to think that hasn't happened that often. But, uh, you know, uh, that's it's it's exciting, man. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that that for some reason don't see this as the Braves playing good baseball. And, like, this is what it's all about, man, competing. Checking the paper every day, like, oh, what did the – you know, I added the Mets to my app because I want to see what they're up to. I, I did it weeks ago. And, you know, it's kind of like uh, when they were going at it with the Pirates back in those NLCS series or, or you know, the Giants. Remember when Smoltz was on the mound? They won it the last day of the season. It was a, a late afternoon game. They, be, you know, they took it out to win, win the NL West. I think that's great, man. Like, every day I wake up and I'm like, okay, what did the Mets do last night? Oh, they lost because the Braves lost yesterday. So, it's man, this is what baseball is all about, man. It's such a long season that the casual fan, I feel like, just doesn't, it, it, it's nobody's fault here. Uh, casual fan just doesn't like get this feeling towards the end, or maybe doesn't pay attention through the rest of it because I mean, it's fun. Like, and it's one of those you don't miss it till it's gone type deals. But like, this is like the the culmination of everything that long season's been preparing you for, and it it it's been fun for Braves fans. You know what's cool though about having a great baseball team, is like the Braves are now. You don't miss baseball all that long because think about it. You know, you, you go deep into the playoffs. You're talking about early November now. You go to the World Series and win it mid-November, I think, right? Yep. It's it. So then, now bad for the players maybe because they don't get as much, you know, free time as they'd like. But then you think about it. You have a month and a half at the end of the year. And then a month. It's three months because Valentine's Day, pitchers and catchers report. So you really don't miss that much baseball. Now, if your team stinks – you're done at the beginning of October, so you got October, November, December, January. It seems a lot longer, but man, you have you have to watch other people play baseball. That's the the tough part. Yeah, well, you know, as much as I loved it, and I, you know what, uh, since starting this show and like, kind of, I guess the politics and the the COVIDy stuff have gotten out of sports like that. You know, just as well as anybody, it turned me off, and I I didn't tune in a lot. But I also, you know, just like being in the restaurant too, it was like didn't get a lot of Braves games in because I was working at night while they were playing. Um, so I would watch other teams, you know, that when the Braves didn't get in. But, uh, man, I, I live for this stuff because, like I said, I, I love it all. I, I love it all. The Falcons, you know, Hawks, all the all the things. I'm really more amped up. I even told Valerie, I said, man, we're going to have to watch because she loves the Hawks. She loves going down to the games. Uh, I said, we're going to have to start watching more games at home on the television to keep up because guess what? We were going to have this zoom thing. I got to, I got to stay on top. We got to get you out to the house too, man. We can watch some 
b-ball together a hundred percent you could school me some more uh which kind of brings me up to the uh the action figure we found a website and you guys haven't seen the picture i don't know if you put it on our page no but i will it is the most glorious basketball photo maybe even sports photo of all time like Screw, uh, screw the uh, the photos of of Griffey, like you know, jumping to rob one. This this is this is epic, and w- and and we found a way. To, it's expensive, but we found a way to turn it into an action figure that'll go right here. But I also said today that the uh, Skyhawks of College Park are hosting open tryouts, and I and I say, suit up. Same same uniform. Same unis. Get the the high knee socks. The old school Charlotte Hornet knee socks. The shorts. Everything and, and go bust it out. Maybe 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 a headband. I think I got a pair. Of, I think I have a pair of boxer briefs bigger than those shorts. <laughs> it's, <laughs> they, it's, uh, it's awesome though. And somebody, uh, it's it's one of your friends. She posted every year. That's my aunt for your birthday, right? My aunt posted it original. Well, that that photo circulates and like, I feel like it pops up at different times throughout the year on people's, uh, get notifications for it at different times of the year. So it seems to just pop back up, but that, yeah, that's a, that's a family favorite. Yeah. I mean, it, when the first time I ever saw it, I was like, wow, that is fucking gold right there, man. <laughs> I was like, that's, that is, and it's straight. It's gotta be late eighties, but you look, Oh yeah. It's uh, I think 80, 88. Yeah. 88 maybe, but when you see it, you just know, you know in the back of your head, I'm about to throw the most crisp bounce pass <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. Anybody that was around in the 80s or maybe have seen their parents' uh, old photos, just just think about the, the rec center's uniforms back in those days. Just think about it for a minute. Uh, th- let's just say um, – Rec basketball uniforms were a very, very bad ripoff of the NBA uniforms, which were already pretty bad because I was not a fan of the short shorts and the, yeah. So just try to you know get that mental picture. But there's it's also this great like action. You got to see it. He'll yep. put it up there. It's All awesome. platforms coming up later. You'll see it before you hear this probably. Yeah. So man, yeah, that hawk season, man, it's coming up fast and it'll be here before you know it. And and I'm excited. I we're can't, like three weeks. Mm, a little over three weeks out. Which I got to drop an email to the people over at uh, Atlanta Hawks just to touch base and see how that's going to go down because I couldn't be anymore. I don't know if we maybe get to go down to the stadium and there's a room we all sit in or am I upstairs in the robe, you know, talking to Trey Young or whatever. So uh, it's going to be great, man. It's a uh, however it works, we just need to figure it out. I I'm chomping at the bit, mildly yeah. salivating over the idea of anything, no matter what, put me on a zoom call. I don't give a damn. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm ready to be a part of it. And that's just like, it will be, we'll be able to see a little bit further into the future. Like yeah. see what mm-hmm. that's going to be like. Exactly, man. And, uh, you know, I was actually reading too, just because, uh, if, if not, if, I mean, we've been granted, uh, the access, uh, you know, the vice president of uh, PR has been in touch with me saying, hey, you know, I'm going to offer you this and let's get this thing rolling and, and feel free to drop a line and just kind of get updated. Uh, so I was reading about, you know, what what should we do? Because I, 
I've never interviewed an athlete or a coach. So they were saying that a lot of times uh, the athletes or, or even the coaches like to, to kind of keep it light or, or ask them kind of different questions that they might find some humor in or something, or maybe like, you know, Hey, Trey, uh, what, what do you eat? What do you eat pregame? How's that, you know, has that, has that changed up over the years? What do you like to do? Uh, just kind of stuff like that. So, cause we got to stand out. We're going to be in a room with some heavy hitters. It's when you hit them with the, I once watched a video of Delonte West eating Popeye's chicken, sprinkling hot sauce on top pregame while he got his hair braided. What do you do pregame Trey? Yeah. And so, then while he's laughing, maybe he'll never forget us. Yeah. So we got, you got to make yourself stand out. So we got to work on that. But you know, we were talking about, uh, birthdays and, and photos getting posted for birthdays. And, uh, you noticed something right before the broadcast and, and scratched it out. I, um, on our, all our social media platforms, I, I basically went through and followed the majority of the, you know, active rosters for our teams just to keep up with everything. And so that would be the forefront of the, the posts that I see when I, when I go and look on there, but uh, I didn't realize this either, but uh, Trey and Deontay just had a birthday and they share the same birthday. They are, they're both born on September 19th. Uh, Trey born in 98, uh, Deontay born in 96. Uh, so happy birthday to both of them. Hopefully this is uh Soon going to be your favorite Atlanta sports podcast, radio show, whatever we're we're climbing to. It's gonna. We'd love to love to have them on the show and yeah, man, talk to you post game with our virtual Hawks credentials. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I just want to be out there with it, doing the shoot around. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I think we've talked about it before. I want to, or maybe not. I don't know. I want to be a, a sweat mopper. Those guys make six figures. Did you know that? No. A sweat mopper. Shut your mouth. Yeah. There are sweat moppers in the NBA making 100K. Sometimes more. Earmuffs, Uncle Donnie. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I would stop everything if I got to be a part of every Atlanta Hawks home game and make six figures. That That's ridiculous. Yeah, You tell right. me I could podcast and be literally courtside for every single one of the... Yeah. Okay, sign me up. You know what I was thinking about the other day? Uh... Right now, I could probably say it might be my favorite Hawks memory. I shouldn't say that, though, because I've been to a couple games with my girlfriend. So, no, it's not my favorite Hawks memory, but a great Hawks memory. Uh, We had those great seats from our good friend, Christy Campfield, at Performance Food Group, and the Hawks played the Lakers. Such a fun game. Not only did the Hawks beat the Lakers, but at at least two, and I think three times in that game, our boy Trey Young nutted the crap out of LeBron James. I, I think it is a verified two nutmegs. Yeah. Verified I, two. but Definitely two, but I, I think it was three. But, yeah, that was, I was – man, I just – and for those of you that don't know, I don't like LeBron James. Uh, and I should, I should preface – not preface, but I should be more specific and say I don't like – NBA LeBron James because that man definitely has two personalities. He's like Harvey Dent. Um, he has his on court in season like persona, and then he has his off the court. Which sometimes I wonder are they starting to mesh together? Because on one hand, he's done so much for communities, 
and, and troubled youth and, and just all sorts of great charities and, and, and whatnot. But on the other hand, he is a whiny, flopping, selfish child of an athlete who oftentimes, when the, the GOAT question comes up, votes for himself. He has, he has proclaimed himself the greatest of all time. You don't get to do that. I mean, you jokingly can, but he's serious. And I don't like LeBron James. I don't. I used to, man. I watched his high school games. When he first came to the league, I was like, oh, this guy's going to be the next Jordan. But he wants to be Michael Jordan so bad, it's ridiculous. He wears his number. He remade his movie. And he's just chasing a ghost. And so anytime That's we a get a chance. Ghost. Yeah, anytime we get a chance here on this show to to dog uh, LeBron, I'm going to do it. And, and sorry, Malcolm, if you're listening. Our buddy Malcolm, he, he loves LeBron and the Lakers. Old ass Lakers, Malcolm. Uh, Yeah, it's it's tough. And if you're on the if you're on the Jordan side of the coin, it's it's always going to be tough because LeBron's an exceptional player. But like the the way people try to argue nowadays or debate, like it makes it makes people like LeBron less. If you're on the Jordan side of the coin, you don't you don't argue properly for LeBron. You don't. You don't petition well for him. You just you you do a lot of yelling, folks. So just just so you know, when that when that conversation comes up and you can't keep your cool while you're explaining your side of the story, it furthers our point. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it'll forever be divided. And it'll forever be the one thing. Like it's kind of one of those hypotheticals that I don't like. The game is completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for 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 both guys, but I just think and here we go don't do it don't do it I won't do it I won't do it because you know what LeBron could never play in Jordan's era and of course if you ask people today there's a couple of NBA players that said Jordan could run out there now and give you 15 good minutes and and drop some serious buckets but who cares I just for me Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player I have ever seen in my entire life but there are people older than us that would say you know it's Wilt or, 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 you know, Kareem. Bill Russell, because of his hardware. Yeah, uh, and uh, Dr. J, you know, there's, you know, there's, uh, I'll tell you, one of the most underrated basketball players, and I say this one a lot, that go back and watch some of his tape, like people don't talk about him, but he was very, very, very good. Played for the Hawks for a little bit. Played for some other teams as well. Moses. Guy was, Moses Malone. Oh, my God. I don't think he's in GOAT conversation in anybody's goat conversation, but, but he good, definitely a phenomenal basketball player. I mean, very, very good. I'm not gonna go down this rabbit hole yet because I'm sure we'll end up going down at one time, and hopefully we'll do it with a guest who has a um, avid for a LeBron perspective of it. Um, my my thought was always if if LeBron came out same time as Jordan and had to play against those bad boy Pistons teams and those. Celtics teams and those teams that tried to hurt Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. LeBron would have either been finished before he got started mm-hmm. or would have been turned into a ultra monster. Like if if that sharpened him instead of beat him down, that then we might be having a different conversation because LeBron James it's always going to come down to the 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 killer instinct. I was talking to our friend Mark Watley um, and I'll have to I'll have to talk to him again. But he pop, 
popped by while I was in the office doing something, and he, he said something about LeBron, and I turned around and I, I said something back to him. He's like, "Man, that is probably the best way I've ever heard that put." And it's, um, I said something along the lines of LeBron James wants to be perceived as the man, but doesn't want to actually be the man on the court. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and that like that's going to offend a lot of people, but like that that's how I feel. That's it. That's how it. That's how it's perceived. Jordan doesn't. Jordan doesn't give a damn what you think about him. He wants to be the man on the court. He he literally, all the stories you hear about him, he does not care what anyone else thinks. He wants to be the best when he's on that court at every time, every time he steps out there. So that's that's kind of where I land in the whole thing. Um, I don't know LeBron personally, so I can't really speak on that. But that's just. That's my mentality. That's why I'm always going to side on with Jordan on that one. Again, I mean, you know, if I sat in a room with the man for five minutes, I might leave and go, man, I love that guy. Same with Tom Brady. I've talked about it before, you know, with Peter Bretter talking to Aldis on the on the surfboards, and he wants to hate him, but he can't because he understands his, his gothic Neil Diamond, uh, you know, thing he's trying to do with his album. Damn but, it, man. That's exactly what I was going for. Yeah. <clears throat> so – but, you know, LeBron just, and, and I know we're getting off course, but you know what? It, it's our show, so we can do what we want. And this is, a, a people talk about this a lot. He just really portrays the idea of the spoiled athlete. I mean, he's just spoiled. He's a baby. He, he And the greed he just displayed, the guy's already, uh, a, by a lot of reports, a billionaire. And this two-year massive deal he just signed with the Lakers, I mean, that's just what do you do? I mean, you could have saved, you could have said, I don't really need that but, giant but mega deal. I will, I Two will, years, like I will 95 disagree, million. I will disagree with you on this one because no. with the, just only because the, think about the, the luxury tax in basketball and you can go into the luxury, luxury tax, but it's going to cost your owners. Do you know how much money he is making for the Los Angeles Lakers? So like, he's not being greedy, taking that money because of LeBron, like jersey sales and attendance and all sorts of things are way up for the Lakers for him just being there. So I don't think that is that's a, a greedy thing on his point. Mm-hmm. Plus, if they're gonna they're billionaires, if they're gonna offer you money, you're gonna take money. You're never gonna leave money on the table. And he doesn't by him taking a smaller contract, it doesn't better the team. The part that the part that I hate is that he's the destroyer of franchises. Is he comes in and he bombs and depletes it to get what he wants there does what he wants to do and then like leaves them in shambles leaves them in in rebuild mode every time I you know I don't know man I just feel like had he not I mean if he doesn't take that money there's more money to to allocate elsewhere right well luxury to sign somebody else I mean I but get that's it. They what don't, saying. you there's there's a soft cap in the NBA yeah, yeah yeah they just have to pay a tax on top of it so that's why you can have all these ridiculous payrolls i don't know man and, may, and maybe it's just me like you know if i'm a billionaire and the lakers offer me two years 95 million i'm like i don't know guys what can could you do something else with it if i just took two years 45 i don't need the money i am in no way ever leaving that money on the table uh well i mean hey it's uh, if it's if it's a salary captain if it's a tom brady thing and your wife makes more money than you do and you're like, oh, I really just, I'm, I really just want to win. So, in a hard capped NFL, you take less money and you work stuff around. 
and let's not pretend that Tom Brady doesn't like somehow make that money back some oh way. God, Robert yes. Kraft made sure that guy. Yeah, yeah. Robert Kraft will make sure that guy's taken care of probably for the rest of his life. Um, but yeah, if it, you never leave money on the table in this scenario, the way that the way that people are getting paid in the NBA now as well. Same with Major League Baseball. Like I, you don't see people. I, I, you don't really see people leaving money on the table at all. Unless you're Freddie Freeman. Except, well, yes. <laughs> unless you make really bad decisions. Like Dennis Schroeder, who turned down the $84 million contract. Man, there was a couple of those guys that did that, and they're making peanuts. He's literally playing for the Lakers again on a, like a $2.84 million contract, and he turned down a, like a four-year $84 million yeah, contract to play still for Still $2.84 million. I don't know, man. I guess I'm just, uh, you know, maybe I don't understand the numbers of it. I just feel like... You know, if if you if you don't, and I get, I guess it's just because you're a billionaire. Like, do you need two years, ninety five million? Like, your 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 kids, kids, kids are never going to spend all your money. Like, he's not. LeBron James is never going to be one of those stories to where he like spent all his money. He's never going to be holding a tin cup. Tom Brady's never going to be holding a tin cup. I just see it as like why why. Maybe he has maybe he has aspirations of like even bigger things. Don't make me go down this hole and like billionaire. Like him. He's a billionaire. He can do whatever he wants. He's but, got a billion a, dollars. But yeah, but how much more do you need? What if, what if he wants to challenge Elon? What if he wants to build spaceships? I guess. I mean, he, he made space jam. I don't know, man. I guess that's that's just me. Like maybe he wants to go see if there really are monsters out there. Maybe he wants know. to actually go try to play them in basketball. Maybe. I'm just saying, don't leave any money on the table. That's. I always yeah, that's where that's where you and I because on you know sometimes I am like hey good for him or good for them or or whoever you know they you know uh, shitty musicians or whatever or crappy rappers I'm like well you know on one hand good for them that they made the money but I don't know man when you start getting into the billions of dollars it's like I just feel like the Lakers could do something if they weren't giving him that money they could use that money for something else to better the franchise or enhance the fan experience something I don't know maybe everybody you know what because LeBron didn't take 95 million dollars for two years free parking for everyone I don't know lower beer prices I don't know I, I don't is that even a thing I mean somebody could probably walk into this and you've done a pretty good job of it but somebody could probably walk into this room and lay it all out for me and I go, oh, okay, it makes sense. But I Lakers' don't know net is. worth is five point five billion dollars. Yeah, it just seems excessive. I just don't know, saying. man. For a billionaire to sign a two-year, ninety-five million dollar, it wasn't it two years, ninety-five million, something stupid like that. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just to me that's just greed. And but again, like you're saying, hey man, they offered it to him. Hey, don't leave money on the table. I'm just like, yeah. Well, I but guess, that's so. the thing. And I'm I haven't seen the actual contract, but LeBron James normally signs two year contracts with an opt out clause, and he normally opts out after the first year of those contracts. And I don't know if it's like that much spread out over two years, so you can do something with the salary cap on that. And he they may be writing these contracts to make the first year more beneficial for the, the Lakers. I I have no idea how it works. I really yeah. don't. That would be a deep dive down a weird rabbit hole. Um, you like those rabbit holes. I though. do. I love rabbit holes. <laughs> Son of a. So yeah. Oh man, late nights on YouTube. You, you, next thing, yeah. I mean, I go to some strange places. Like I just, you know, uh, AI. Well, like just Google AI or go on YouTube and type in AI. I'd love to watch a bunch was, of videos on Allen Iverson. 
Oh, just kidding. Artificial intelligence. Uh, AI is about to get paid, man. His uh, that big trust is about to. Uh, Such a weird thing, but the so ship awesome. is about this to is come like in. Fifty? How many million? Fifty-two million? Something like that. Something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, you know, it's. I just again, I, I'm sure if I spent five minutes with LeBron James, I'd be like, did we just become best friends? Right. Of course. But just, let's just say the way that he is portrayed. In, in public in the media it's it's not it's a it's a tough it's time good. to it's a tough time to be a polarizing yeah superstar because it's love or hate there's no middle ground there are it's and he's definitely a villain he's a heel in, in as they would say in, in wrestling he's a heel well sure because even the people that love him have to hate the people that don't you know what i mean yeah. it, it's just a weird dynamic moral of the story here though is hawks are coming back and we are super excited. You know uh, what's not hypothetical? What what really? And I'll, I'll just quick side note: the fact that he never participated in a dunk contest that pisses too, me always, off too. Yeah, it yep. always pissed me off. Like, what are you too good for it? Get out there and show us what you. Or maybe you can't dunk that good, LeBron. I don't know. Anyway, he's never going to. It's never going to happen. But this actually could happen. It really could happen. And I think probably the entire world. It would probably be the largest sports spectacle pay per view event. Ever, if they could get both parties to agree, Jordan and LeBron, one-on-one, game to 11, half court. Man. It would, it could, I mean, Jordan could still play. The guy's not that old. I, I, I feel like. Probably still in a little bit. Of, I don't know. Maybe Jordan isn't in shape anymore. But Man, he could. What, I, what if it was like Rocky and Apollo? Like we have a whole montage of Jordan in the gym getting getting in shape, and LeBron's already a beast. He's that dude's uh, very fit. But like they could break the whole internet if they just played a game of horse. Yeah. Hey, people with money. Yeah. Listen up. Th- this could be huge. Jordan versus LeBron, or maybe they have their own, like like a three man. You know, Jordan Pippen, because Rodman talks some trash. Jordan Pippen, Rodman. Well, Pippen's never going to step into a room with Michael Jordan again, probably ever. So Jordan, Rodman, Steve Kerr. Coach, Or somebody versus LeBron, D-Wade, and whoever else he could get. Uh, listen. Maybe I, Kevin Durant or James Harden. It will. It, I love the oh, hypothetical. Man, dude. that that But that really could happen. That's a thing that could happen if those dudes would be like, sure, we'll train up. I, don't, and, and I we'll, think they're all too rich to... Yeah, they don't care to, like to sacrifice their pride for yeah. for that because somebody has to lose in that game, and neither one of those dudes would want. It to It wouldn't lose. be Jordan. Yeah, but but you don't, uh, man. That's that's a tough thing to say. A one on one game against LeBron, who is in peak physical condition, and Michael Jordan drinks, plays golf, and smokes cigars every day. Yeah, so, but he did that while he was playing too. I'm just, but yeah, I'm, he's got some miles on him. But I'm just Jordan saying, had the man. He'll fake him out with that little one hand. Oh man, I'm telling you. No, I'm, sure, I'm team I mean, Jordan. But all the way, Homer, Homer, Jordan, Jordan Homer and up. Jordan doesn't know how to play defense in Jordan the wins. NBA. He can't. Touch he's got anybody. Rodman. Rodman will man. He will put LeBron in a headlock and bow him down. I'd watch. I'm just not putting any money on the game. <laughs> so, no money. That one, man, I'm telling you, that would be that would be a thing. Uh, but man, we got a so we've we've touched on our Braves. Everybody kind of knows what's going on there. We just went down some crazy avenues with LeBron because basketball is coming back. Basketball is exciting. Basketball. <laughs> Who knows Curtis Blow? Anybody? I know him. 
Basketball is my favorite sport. You young bucks, Google him. Yeah, Curtis Blow, man. So let's switch gears. Let's get out on the gridiron. What do you want to do first? You want to do dog? Let's do dogs. Let's because, do dogs because it's going to be quick. Yeah, they're going to beat the hell out of Kent State, the Golden Flash, this Saturday. You're probably going to have to listen to Scott Howard and Eric Zire because it's on SEC Plus, which I just found out today, which is wildly disappointing. So it's going to be a bloodbath. I told Mark I was going to be out in the yard, so I will just listen anyway uh, while I'm doing yard work. But then I followed it up with, at some point in the year, maybe maybe in the time between you know, after we kick Tech all over the yard in the SEC championship game, we're going to do an entire episode of nothing but Munson's greatest calls. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. And you can send us your favorites. Your favorites. We'll play them. We'll probably have our live stream and stuff, all our cool stuff going on around here by then. But we'll just do our favorite calls and talk about them. And while we're on the subject, what is your favorite Munson call of all time? Oh, man. There's a lot, so it's kind of hard. But first one that just pops in It's it, Man, it's got to be Lindsey Scott. Okay. It's okay. got to be. Man, mine... Um, and he, he, we, I think it was, uh, we beat Florida. We hadn't beaten Florida in a long time. And he, uh, and I kind of want to do a Munson, but I can't, I, I can't do a great Munson, but he basically, you hear him and he, and he said this over the years, but I don't know why this one was so much, uh, more sweeter or, or more profound or whatever in the moment, but he, he's, you know, he, the game is over and, and he goes, it's over. I've lit my cigar. I kind of did one. Or the Veron Haynes. Hobnail boot. Hobnail boot is great. We just broke their noses. We crushed them. You know, uh, that was, God, there's, man, go, Lindsey, go. Sugar falling from the sky. Herschel, he ran over the man. A A metal steel chair. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God, there's so many men. Yeah. Dogs line up in the I formation. I hate to. Yeah. I hate to hunker say- down one more time. There you go. You know all the all the man, Larry. I don't care what anybody says. The greatest college football announcer, and again, total homer. He was not. He made no bones about it. He no, was, no, no. And and I see that's a thing though. Like they have all these documentaries about Larry Munson, and they're like, you're not supposed to do that. He but didn't care. He didn't care. He's like, nope. I'm I'm George's announcer. This is my team. <laughs> and I love them. I truly I'm a dog. Love, yes. Till I die. You know, uh, what does they say? Bulldog, bulldog born, bulldog bred, and here I lie, bulldog dead. Yep. You know? it, he, uh, it, you listen to Steve Holman call games too. And they're like, that's, it, you get a lot of that from him too. Um, which I love, but you mentioned, uh, after we kicked Georgia tech around, um, there has been mention. Whispers, even. Whispers of them firing their head coach and potentially seeking Deion Sanders. Hey, bring him back to Atlanta, baby. Jeff Collins has done a poor job, too, but he doesn't have a lot to work with. It's such a hard transition. Such a hard transition. And with the way things are going in college football right now, like I I almost feel bad for the guy because I – I've got a lot of friends who are tech fans and like I was I was very excited for him. I want tech to be good, to be honest with you. I I don't want the last game of the season to be like one of those games where all it can do is hurt Georgia. Like as a yeah. as a Georgia fan, I don't want it to be like that, but it 
I just don't want Tech to win ever. I don't want any Tech fan to – I mean, yeah, Tech has beaten Georgia over the years, but I, I don't ever want them to win ever again, ever. Oh, well, now now because of the way that the scheduling is going and the way that they're talking about super conferences, I want Tech to be good so we don't lose that game because that was something that they talked about. What if Georgia and Georgia Tech don't play anymore? I, I don't want That's that. That's never going to go away. You say that. They, man, Tech and Georgia fans together would probably unite and burn down the city. Sure. Like you can't but, do – well. But, like, it's not their call. If you if you yeah. pull up these super conferences and all of a sudden you're playing nine or ten in-conference in games because – of the new conference alignment and something something happens. Hey, let's make a trade. Vandy for Tech. Send Vandy to the ACC. Tech comes back home to the SEC because Tech used to be in the SEC. Bring them back home. Put them in Georgia's you division. You really hate them, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you know. That's, but, that's a worse punishment than not Here's, here's to the thing us. about Georgia Tech, and I say this jokingly because it's, uh, uh, it's, and there could be some truth to it, but Georgia Tech – Golly, it's an engineering school. Engineers make a lot of money. Georgia Tech has a lot of money. The only problem is none of them like football. <laughs> you know, it's like, I yeah, they a, don't a, care. Buddy, a buddy of mine you was know. really upset the other day. I saw him post on Facebook. Uh, Mike, if you're listening, he uh, he was posting about all these people talking about how Georgia Tech, and I think he was citing Georgia fans, which I'm sure a lot of Georgia fans probably like to just scratch at their eyeballs, but uh, about how that they wouldn't. They didn't have the money to buy out Collins's contract. Now that nobody wants to spend that money, but they got that money. Well, I, I will say this, and I can't tell you the timeline on it, but not long ago, I read an article where they were talking about kind of Georgia Tech's football program and the state of the program, and and there were some people that in the article they said they were on the inside of the program, and they said. Georgia Tech is about to be faced with a problem of we either need to find a way to get some money or they even said it, stop playing football. So it could be that they don't have a lot of money there. Uh, I don't know. But it was definitely, I mean, I I wish I could find the article. I got to get better at saving stuff like that so I can reference to it. But they definitely referenced the fact that Georgia Tech, in fact, needs to. Copy link. Note yeah, bad. they need to uh, figure that out. Like they need money to in that program, you know. So, well, maybe there is some truth to it. I just i I can't imagine I mean, that stadium is kind of a dump. I mean, they've done some work to it, but you've been there. You, I mean, you might be right because was it Paul Hewitt? weren't they? Didn't they have conversations about not like questions about what they were going to do with him as their basketball coach because of his huge buyout? Yeah, man, I, I don't know what's going on with. I mean, they got uh, they've had a they've had some great baseball teams, a lot of great golf, and I'm not joking. I mean, you know, you know, sometimes uh, you know, back when Georgia was kind of floundering, not not floundering, that's a bad word to use, but when they weren't really reaching the heights in football that people were saying, I was like, hey, had a great swim program, which we do. It's, it's incredible gymnastics too. So I'm not joking when I say that Georgia Tech really has put out some great golfers and great golf programs. Uh, Play baseball very well. Yeah, their basketball, uh, man, really not much. A little bit after Crimmins, but that was the goal. Bobby Crimmins and those Georgia Tech teams, that was the golden era for Tech basketball. But here's the the thing. In this landscape, if, if you get prime back in Atlanta, which is a problem. I always, I, it's still, even in the back of my head, this will be a another stepping stone on his way to Florida State. I just, I have this 
thought in my head, unless he's trying to go NFL, like Florida State is where he's going to wind up. I guess that's my question I because I haven't watched. But, I mean, is he really that good? Who, Dion? Yeah, I mean, is he is well, he is well, he going to be a a Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Bobby Bowden? Like, is he really – is that what we're watching, the ascension of Deion Sanders into the coaching world, and he's going to win – yeah, I, I think I think if there is a man that understands the game top to bottom and understands I'm I'm talking about going through the recruiting process as a top top flight recruit, a blue chipper coming through college, the whole process, going into the NFL, doing everything. If there's someone who has perspective that can relate to these kids coming into college, and and with with NILs now at his back, and we know if I, I don't know how the what the booster situation is at Georgia Tech or or what their money situation is after this conversation, but nothing about him being in an ACC school in Atlanta leads me to believe that he would not be able to attract top flight. He's got the yeah. number. He's got Travis Hunter to go to Jacksonville State. The number one recruit in the country, he got to go to his school. Oh, well, if he takes the tech job, Travis Hunter's coming with him. But that's what I said, too, about that is like, okay, on one hand, you have this kid who's now a big fish in a little pond, and he's playing inferior against inferior talent, and then like iron sharpens iron. But who wouldn't jump at the chance if you're a defensive back? I don't care if you're a free safety or a cornerback. Who wouldn't jump at the chance to learn from arguably the best to ever do it? Sure. So, and, and that's the whole that's a whole perspective thing. Like, who better to teach you on how to like do do everything? Like, you learn football from Deion Sanders, and yeah. and who like his his coaching staff, his coaching staff will he can get people to come coach with him. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. He's got a he's got a tree of friends and and people that he he knows that that will come. I'm sure gladly to coach with him. Um. You bring kids into that environment, you condition them on how it's going to be after the fact, or if if it the NFL is not for them, if they're not if they're not that good, you can you can it's Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders can motivate literally all these kids. Graduate assistant. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> you know, all all I'm saying in the coaching funnel. All I'm saying is it's a scary thought of Deion Sanders coming to Atlanta. I I think it would be incredible for Tech if they're not completely broke. Uh, if they figure out a way to to use NIL to Dion's advantage in a top in a power five school, it could be a problem. I'm not saying it's gonna be an overnight success, but like with a transfer portal, holy shit, man, it could be. You could immediately see a a vast difference in Georgia Tech. Well, I'm hoping he waits and goes to Florida hey, State. Let's let's do the thing real quick. Let's Oh man. It doesn't work. No magical. magical we were going to go to our little dreamland for a minute, but let's go anyway. We don't need the little, uh, we'll yeah. figure it out later, but let's go to that dreamland of Prime versus Kirby in some battles, you know, Georgia, Georgia Tech, uh, you know, in-state, you know, uh, clean old-fashioned hate. It, uh, it would I, be great. Yeah. It, it be, would be awesome. Yeah. It would. I'm sure it would take a minute, just like it took a minute for, for Kirby to get everything that he wanted at Georgia, it'll take a second for him to get it. But I, I think it's going to be a real problem when he becomes a power five head coach, wherever he goes, whether it's tech, Florida state or, 
or any other school that decides to offer him when he wants to go. I think he has unfinished business at Jacksonville State. I think he has stuff that – am I saying it right? Is it Jackson State or – I think it's Jackson State. Yeah, yeah, I'm so sorry. That's my bad. Um, He's got unfinished business there. He's got a plan. He's got stuff that he wants to do, and I think he's working on it. But, you know, it, this job's not even open yet. Yeah, yeah. It's so, going to happen. They're saying it could happen Saturday night. Sure, but, like, until, until then – you know, keep going. I just something came in my head. Until then, like I, these are all hypotheticals, but I think it, I think Deion Sanders in Power Five at at a Power Five school is going to be a huge problem when it comes to recruiting. And if they get any NIL money behind what he's doing there, it's going to be a problem wherever he goes. Yeah. So get, I know you're gonna. I'm gonna look into it. I know you will probably more so than me. Oh, sorry. I know that my girlfriend would say that's rude, but that yawn was not. It wasn't going away. It had to come out. Um, so I didn't – I just – a thing popped in my head. But I'll get to it real quick. I think for him to take that job – and, again, we don't know Georgia Tech's financial situation, but I think he's he, – okay, where's the money? Because there's no doubt about it. Georgia Tech – and that's the thing in that article I read as well. Like, without question, they need better facilities. 100%. He's like, okay, what are you going to give me? What can I do? But we were talking about coaches getting fired. And Herm Edwards, did you see that? Oh, my God. He got fired in the end zone. (laughs) Fired in the end. The AD and the president of the school met him in the end zone. But That's embarrassing. You should, like, they should be embarrassed. Like, unless a story, like a crazy story comes out where, like, what's the... What's the there benefit was a lot there? of like, well, they, they could have handled that better for sure. And maybe Edwards might have a lawsuit involved there, but there was a lot of bad stuff going on there. A lot of naughtiness and a lot of rule breaking and a lot of you know, sure. violating COVID stuff. But to do that on national television, it's a bad look for everybody involved. Yeah. Like if I'm a coach, I'm like, Hey, are you going to do the same thing to me? So yeah, they could have done a better job, but you know, guys are like, man, I've heard about people getting tarmacked, but I think Herndon Evans is the first person to get end zoned. Yeah. Like, wow. But yeah, just fired in the end zone. So, well, you know, speaking of end zones, let's hope. You know what? I'm going to stop myself right there. I said, let's, you know, let's hope the Falcons can find the end zone uh, this weekend against the Seahawks. But do two, two quick little Georgia notes. Uh, William Poole penned a, a very nice letter. He has decided to uh, end his playing days, uh, I'm assuming for good. I don't know. Uh, he's going to go to the NFL. Probably not, but so he's out just for, if you Georgia fans didn't know that one kind of slid under my radar too. And, uh, I'm going to, is it Eric or Eric? I always, I, I get confused. Uh, Eric, Eric Gilbert, uh, noticeably missing from the South Carolina game. Uh, nobody really knows unless you're on the inside. There's always those people that say, I know a guy that know a guy, uh, his timeout, they've said he had a young child that was fighting an illness. Then people have said of his mental health. Whatever it is, I, I hope he and everyone around him, uh, you know, get figure it out and he gets better because he, he's seemingly a very, very good talent. Almost one of those kind of Kyle Pitts generational guys. They say you know, he's really, really good. So all, all things aside, I hope he figures it out and gets back on the field because I would love to see what this kid can do because he is yet to – I don't think he's gotten on the field for Georgia yet, has he? I mean, he very, very sporadic. I think he was on on the field for two plays, maybe two plays in the opener against Oregon. Yeah, so. I, if that, um, yeah. But hope everything's okay, man. Yeah, it's just uh, it's always disturbing when you hear that stuff, but because there's a lot of hype around him, and and you know, you, you just uh, uh, the potential to to 
to go further and, and do great things. And seemingly there's some things holding him back. And I hope he gets figured out. But uh, just wanted to put that out there for anybody that might be watching. We wish you will. We hope you get it all worked out. But Good vibes. And uh, so, yeah, we're, uh, man, we have, the time flies. I tell you, I always wonder, can we fill up time? And then I go, <laughs> time flies when you man, stumble we, uh, over LeBron James. We're going a little long. We need to cut it short. But so, yeah, Falcons, Seahawks this Sunday, way, way out there in the Pacific Northwest. The 12th, home of the 12th man, the Seahawks, uh, not as mighty as they used to be, but still a pretty darn good football team. They got Geno Smith taking the snaps. They still got Pete Carroll at the helm. And I said before uh, we rolled sound, I said, let's do a little preview uh, there, Kamish. So give us the breakdown, Falcons-Seahawks. First two games for Seattle this year, uh, 17-16 win over the Broncos, their old quarterback, uh, Russell Wilson. That was just a, just a weird game to watch, but... Hopefully it gave Geno Smith a little confidence there, but then they turn right around and take a pounding from the 49ers. They lose 27 to seven. The return um, of Jimmy G. Oh, Boy, I wish the Falcons would have taken a run at him. Man, I bet the farm on Trey Lance in a lot of uh, fantasy leagues, so that's uh, that's going to be a problem for me moving forward. Um, but, yeah, so uh, on offense, you got Geno Smith. Uh, been Only been sacked four times in two games. Um 47 out of 58 for 392 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, eight rushes for 16 yards. Uh, their running backs, Rashad Penny's got 18 carries for 75 yards, no TDs. Uh, Kenneth Walker III, uh, rookie out of Michigan State, uh, four carries, 10 yards, zero touchdowns. Wide receivers, your usual suspects out in Seattle. Tyler Lockett, 12 receptions for 135 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, and DK Metcalf having a slow start, uh, 11 catches, 71 yards, and zero touchdowns. Um, on on offense, not super scary, but you know with the guys that they have that they could be. It, it really it really boils down on on how Geno Smith decides to play. If the uh, if the Falcons can come out on defense and play like they played against the the Saints early on, I think it's going to be a real problem for Seattle. Um, couple of guy to watch for me who I'm super excited about Michael Walker uh having just a real real good time early on in this season six tackles and one fumble force against New Orleans seven tackles and one interception against the uh the Rams um he and Rashawn Evans are going to have to uh do a great job of stifling the running game early and hopefully push Geno Smith into third and long situations where Hopefully we can capitalize and take advantage of of that for him. Um, one thing that I read that I I, I just want to point out, and you heard I heard it from West Durham and from Arthur Smith in his interview, is that uh, on this West Coast road trip, you know, you play the Rams and then you play Seattle the following week. So they opted to stay out on the West Coast for that week. So it's a yeah. it's a young team uh, all out out of town, all together doing things all together throughout the week getting ready for Seattle and and they both mentioned how this is like a great time for a young team to come together to buy into each other to to get on the the same page obviously they are but you know you've just gotten two games under your belt two tough losses probably um for you to pallet and now you you get to spend a week with each other and to talk about what's going on, to work together, to hang out together, go to movies, go to dinner together. Like you're doing everything together for a solid week. So 
Uh, in my mind, I, I truly believe we're going to come out and beat the Seahawks this week, regardless of who's under center for us. I don't think that matters. I think I think we just have a little bit more. And from what I've seen from these guys, they they keep new people keep emerging, and you you see the hunger on both sides of the football for us. Um, AJ Terrell, people are giving him a lot of hell right now, um, but I, he had to deal with Michael Thomas against the Rams. He had to deal with. Cooper Cup and uh, Allen Robinson. I guess a lot of people forget that Allen Robinson is a really, really, really good receiver. Um, this week he's he's got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, um, different caliber, different caliber quarterback. And Geno Smith can be very good, but you know stats will tell you that it's not somebody that you're going to be super afraid of at this point. Um, let's see here. I, I don't. Damian Williams is out. So uh, last game against the Rams, we had Tyler Algier essentially splitting carries with Cordero Patterson. Wasn't a great day on the ground for the Falcons. Uh, Patterson tallied 40 yards on 10 carries, and I think Algier hit like right around 30 on 10 carries. So not a great day for either one of them. Uh, I think we'll be able to scheme better against Seattle than we were against the Aaron Donald and Bobby Wagner led uh, Los Angeles Rams, but hopefully you try to get that the running game going uh, with those guys. And I really, I'm really excited to see what Algier brings to the team because if if he's a viable option for us, that makes Cordero Patterson even a bigger weapon. If he doesn't have to be on the field every single play, if we can split him out at wide receiver, if we can run different packages with him. Uh, rather than just needing him to be the bell cow, that's going to be a huge deal for us. Uh, Falcons are going to have to look out for Jordan Brooks. Uh, that's going to be Seattle's leading tackler with 23 tackles on the season. Um, yeah, they only um, they only allow uh, only four and a half yards of carry and 7.8 yards of completion. Uh, so the the defense is not frightening out there, but again, you know we have a, we have a young team. Our they say our defense isn't very frightening out there either. But hey, man, they've done pretty good. I mean, I, they, two picks and a block punt versus the Rams. They, they were disruptive uh, against the Saints. You know, I, we're we're pretty opportunistic. I I think, and I think that everybody is still learning and gelling together on that defense. So it's about with Dean Pease, he talks a lot about assignments and and like. If there's a missed assignment, then it, it looks different than it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It looks like we're weak on defense if somebody misses a, an assignment. But I I have faith. I have faith against the Seahawks. I think you're going to see a lot more. What I'm hoping, what I'm really, really hoping, again, no matter who's under center, and all signs point to Mariota at this point, is that, yeah, he's starting. It, is that I, I don't want the fans and everybody – to influence how Arthur Smith coaches. But I, I do want it to kind of like put a bug in their ear about the the elephant in the room, the, the Kyle Pitts not being targeted. And when he is targeted, it's it, it's just lack of, I don't know. It's, it's not, we're not trying to put him in the best position to succeed. Pitts has, Pitts has said he he's not, worried he's not nervous he doesn't care it's not about him though it's about 
our team being better. Yeah, of course. You you have to get him involved, but he's so what basically what I'm saying is like fans are concerned, but Pitts isn't. Sure. And I think that's what I'm you know the point I always try to make is like, let's try to put our player hat on. Let's try to put our, you know, we're we're on the team hat on, and that's how we should act as fans. Like Cal Pitts is gonna they're gonna find him the football. Arthur Smith knows, but he's also he didn't give a damn what anybody says. Sure. Well, that, that my whole point was not not necessarily that they hear the fans calling for Kyle Pitts, but like that's what everybody's talking about. Why aren't we using Kyle Pitts? Why aren't we doing that? I don't want that noise to affect them, but I do want. I hope that that is something that they're worried about too. Like we got to get this guy involved. This guy will help us win football games. He's a game changer. It's not yeah. just. It's not just. I mean, when you're out there and, like, you don't care, like, who gets the most receptions and everything like that so long as you're winning. Well, we're not winning. So, and, and I'm not to say, I'm not saying that it has anything to do with whether he's catching the ball or not right now, but I do think that if we actively try to get him more involved in a football game, I think it gives us a way better chance of winning. I mean, I'm sure Mariota's missed some opportunities, but I read an article saying that he just hasn't been there. He, just, he hasn't been open or he hasn't been available or, you know. But, again, we said this last show. It's it's easier to look at the screen and go there he is than when you're you know you got Aaron Donald running your face. So look, and again I I was I'll always say this. It's game two. Yep. They're going. It, yeah. Is it is it is it unsettling or maybe a little disappointing that in two games of the season, what two for nineteen in the LA game and and I don't know what he did against New Orleans. Obviously nothing. Or you know we'd be talking about it. We would heard about it. So yeah, Kyle Pitts got to get involved. Mariota has to have a strong outing. I I guess I would if I'm gonna pontificate, or, or not. That's the, not the wrong word. Pontificate means like to kind of ponder, or whatever. Prognosticate. I would have to think if if Mariota makes more bad decisions with the football and doesn't have a great game, they probably maybe do. Maybe even in that game. Maybe late in that game. I, that's it's, I, you know the the show starts. Who knows? But speaking of uh, you know you you said talked about Cooper Cup a couple of times. There's He's got a Falcons connection. Just some fun facts for you uh, after that game breakdown. So his grandfather uh, was an offensive guard for the Falcons. Did not know that. But this is kind of cool for uh, since we're talking about Kyle Pitts and, and young receivers. Uh, he credits a lot of his success to a guy named Nick Edwards, who was at Eastern Washington with him as a teammate and then a coach. He's an offensive assistant for the Falcons and says the guy's just – great and he wouldn't be where he is without him so to have that guy working with our young receivers is pretty cool but that's just i like all those little fun facts about can we, the nfl can we petition for a, a legacy program in the yeah, NFL? Right. <laughs> we already got it started with grady yeah now nah, cooper can stay out there we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll run with old drake and uh kyle I, but uh, uh, drake's another thing i i hope I hope to see another heavy dose of drake too i hope it i always look for a balanced offensive attack but i think uh, if we're able to run the ball, obviously that opens up the passing game for us, and I'd, I'd love to see another strong outing from Drake. I'd like to see him get, you know, over 100 yards. I'd like to see his confidence keep growing and uh, maybe hurdle somebody else. Just Yeah, uh, I think he will. I just – so many people after two games had the – you know who Jim Cramer is, right, the stock <laughs> guy. Like, they had the big buttoner, Stell, Stell. And it's like, get, calm down i even told a guy on twitter he's like hey everybody still believe in arthur smith i said we all should yeah because it's game two year two of per and, and we've talked about this before but i'm gonna say it again probably quite 
possibly, arguably, everything you want to say to include everyone, to make sure everyone's included, so we don't hurt anybody's feelings by saying they're wrong somehow and saying we can't, they can't feel how they want to feel. But one of the more difficult rebuilds in recent memory. You can't. I mean, it's not time yet. Like, but it, but also think about it from the fan perspective too. So, like, you got teams that are constantly in a rebuild. You got your Jets. You got your Browns. You got the the these teams that have in. No offense to all you fans, um, but you have these teams that are consistently trying to to build up, right? So when their coaches get fired after another three years or another couple years of of, of having a bad team they're used to having a bad team. So when you come in to rebuild that, the expectations aren't there. When you're coming off of, for the Falcons, they have these lofty expectations. And, you know, we, we went to a Super Bowl. That was a while ago. A long time ago now. Right, right. But the, exactly. But the expectations here are different. So, like, I don't, I don't understand how. That's my problem. Arthur Smith did a whole lot more with what he had last year than he was expected to. And, and this year, it's a it's a whole different ball game. A lot of new faces trying to work that out. And but still, like what you're seeing on the field, you're not seeing W's. Which if that's all you're looking for right now, like you're kind of missing the boat. We've talked about this, and we'll, I'll probably do it till I'm blue in the face too. Um, it, it, you're watching for progression. You're watching for the people that you brought in. You're watching for player player development, and you're seeing that. You're seeing that a lot. If you're paying attention for that, if you're all, if the only thing you care about is the W at the end of the day, then you're going to miss out on a lot of great stuff that the Falcons are doing. Well, again, it's we it's sample size. We talk about sample size a lot. Two games is not enough sample size. If we if we're still talking about some of this same stuff, if Mariota is still doing the same things in game seven or eight as he's doing in game one and two, or if he's even still out there, then yeah, you can bitch. And you'll if, hear it if from Kyle us. Pitts hasn't gotten involved in game seven or game eight, you can bitch. But like pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Let's play Sunday. Yeah. And and just but think about where you are too. Think about what it is. Uh, and we talked about this. Uh, against the against the Saints, the Saints were projected to be much better than the Falcons this year. So imagine that that car getting going for the Saints and and us coming out really hot out of the gates. So it's going to look a little different to you. But once they hit a rhythm, uh, everything kind of like balanced out a little bit. And I'm not I'm not saying that we should not have won that game. I think we should have won that game. But you got. Pump the brakes on that one. Then you got yeah. the Rams who just got embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed um, by the Bills week one. And now we have to go into their house and play after they just won a Super Bowl. And you you start getting beat horribly in the beginning. Yeah. But your players are resilient, and they come back in the fourth quarter, and barring that interception, you had a shot at coming back and winning that game. They were in that game until the end. 100%. They never gave up. So, like, you look at these things. Like, I feel like this team is primed. And if if Seattle plays like they played in week one and week two, I think the Falcons could hurt their feelings yeah. in Seattle. But Seattle's a really tough place to play. So, again, just tempered expectations. Go into it. Watch the whole game. Not just wait for the final score at the end. Like, just... Enjoy what you're watching. Try to try to pick up on more than just wins and losses this season. That's 
Tempered expectations. I think I think I've come up with a good idea for a T-shirt too, and we do. This is probably our longest episode ever, so we're going to wind it down. But I think I've I got an Atlanta oh, an Atlanta sports T-shirt that we're going to start selling, and all it's going to say on it is "Get out of your feelings." That's it. But uh, worth noting too that three Falcons and they had some more that that played for the Falcons, but I don't necessarily consider them Falcons. But there's some Falcons up for some Hall of Fame action. Warwick Dunn, Roddy White. And, and Andre Bad Moon Rising all getting the nod to potentially go in the Hall of Fame. But I'm going to close this show out with a very cool fact. We still got to get our boy Jared Wilson on here to argue about whether or not Tom Tom Brady almost, wow, golly. Ooh-wee. Matt Ryan. Don't edit that. Is a top 10 all-time quarterback. Now, here's the thing. He just became only the eighth quarterback in the history of the NFL to pass for 60,000 yards. Now, what number ball do you think it was to get him to 60,000? Do not tell me it's 283. It is. Jesus. It's 283. And I'm out. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it is, man. Ball number 283 got him to 60,000 What was that movie with Jim Carrey where – Number number something, but the number just kept popping up everywhere. Like yeah, I don't remember. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember. I don't, I don't either. But this is a, it's a thing that happens yeah. all the time. Uh, and it so sucks. we have a whole episode talking about exactly why Matt Ryan is a top ten all time, and and just that stat, not that stat alone, but that's just another piece. Like ten guys in in the history of the league haven't hit sixty thousand. There's only eight. He just became the eighth. So also just, on the next episode, if you see us with really raggedy hair and the numbers twenty eight. And three all over these walls. Smoking cigarettes. (laughs) Yeah, just please disregard. So anyway, Atlanta, enjoy your weekend. We're going to enjoy ours. We're going to be back next week. Hopefully by then uh, we've we've made a little more. Like I said, you can't see it, but it's there's progress happening all around us. Our auction stuff gets picked up next week. There's another auction next week because we have a fundraiser out at at Gustin's Grill and Tap in Ackworth. We might even spend some more money to get cool stuff in here, but Man, keep riding with us because, hey, we got more subscribers. Our subscriber numbers are up. Our listeners are up. Uh, our listen time is up. We're, we're just going to keep grinding. We're just going to keep coming back um, for free, mind you, even though one day we, uh, we hope to live out the dream of uh, getting paid to do this. But we're just going to keep coming back, so please interact. It's, we got a lot of great stuff going on. But, again, we're rambling on. We got to go. We love you, Atlanta. We need you. Goodbye. Do you believe? Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. 
Kohler Smart Toilets introduce a new standard of design and cleanliness, sculptural forms, intuitive technology, and total personalization with integrated warm water cleansing, heated seats, and warm air dryers. For peace of mind and convenience, there are touchless lids, seats, flush, and a self-sanitizing bidet wand. Now you can even use voice commands with Numi 2.0, featuring built-in Amazon Alexa. Explore the complete lineup at Kohler.com slash smart toilets and discover what you've been missing. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. If you own a small business, you might be asking yourself, can Tax Act help me do my business and personal taxes? The answer is yes. If the answer was no, it would have been pretty ill-advised of Tax Act to have asked that question in the first place. And Tax Act prides itself on not doing ill-advised things. In conclusion, Tax Act can help small business owners get their personal and business taxes done. Tax Act. Let's get them over with. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted, where I felt adventures pulse with every step, and where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota, so little time.